Macarion to Stokes, who's onside! Wide out! Here's Sims to put Stokes this from Southampton. They could finish the job here. It's Shane Long, and he has done it! Just a minute to play. That's stoppage time. Here's Letizia! Hello and welcome to the Saints FC podcast and a big happy new year to all you Saints fans out there. Um, I'm hoping that we're going to have a bit of a better 2018 for Southampton um, than 2017 was, but who knows, um, the team's going to have to turn some things around pretty quickly if that's going to be the case. Um, As usual, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, you can do so on Twitter at Saints FC podcast. Or you can email us, saintsfcpodcast at gmail.com. Or of course, you can leave a review on iTunes or whatever app you get your podcasts from. Um, want to give a big shout out to one listener, Dan from Tuscan in Arizona uh, in the USA. He got in touch with the podcast, tell us he keeps up to date with the Saints from the USA through our podcast and the Ugly Inside YouTube channel. He's been a Saints fan since 2009 and tells me that he fell in love with the Saints and they keep breaking his heart um, but he wouldn't trade them in for the Cincinnati Reds or the Miami Dolphins who he no longer follows because English football is so much better seriously at least 50 minutes of no interruptions that shit is golden for this 53 year old um, so there we go the, the chance of having, you know, 50 minutes of uninterrupted television watching the Saints is enough for Dan to fall in love with, with Southampton. Um, you know, sometimes those 50 minutes watching Saints can be pretty torturous, but, uh, you know, I, I get where you're from, I get where you're coming from, Dan. Everyone who listens to this, I think, loves watching the Saints. Um, of course, do write in if you fancy doing so. We love hearing from you listeners. Um in this episode, uh, we're very, very fortunate to catch up with the Saints legend Michael Svensson, sometimes known as Killer. Uh, Michael Svensson was a man who spent seven years at Southampton, forming one of the most formidable central defence partnerships in recent Saints history with Klaus Lundekvam. Uh, he was part of the team that helped Saints get to the 2003 FA Cup final and a man who scored the last ever goal at Manchester City's main road, ruining their fairy tale ending for that stadium. Uh, he's been voted in the best Saints eleven of all time and even once managed to dodge a punch from ex-England forward Andy Cole. Uh, I get the chance to speak to him for nearly an hour and we even get the chance to ask some listener questions that some of you sent in um, at the end of the podcast. Um, so big shout out to Robbie at Saints in France, Vicky, um, Ewan Campbell, Archers Roadend, Alex McInnes, Northern Ireland Sense, Dom, Charlie Hawkins, Stephen the Forest, Ray, Adam Moore and Les's Lamborghini. I get to ask all of your questions either at the end or, or throughout the show. Um, and for those of you who are wondering what uh, people might have asked Michael Svensson, it is worth listening right to the end because Les's Lamborghini has a really rather unusual question that I managed to put to Michael Svensson. Anyway, enjoy this episode of the podcast. Do let us know what you think of it on Twitter or email, all the various channels. You should know them by now. Anyway, let's head over and listen to Michael now. 
Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Um, welcome to the Saints FC podcast. I am currently on the phone uh, to a little bit of a Saints legend. I have Michael Svensson uh, on the other end of the line. Hello, Michael. How are you? Hello. I'm fine, thank you. That's uh, a nice introduction. Legend. Oh, thank you for that. <laughs> well, I, I think it's it's justified, and uh, maybe we'll explore that over you know the course of the next few minutes when, when we speak to you, Mike. I'm just going to give a very quick rundown um, of your kind of Saints career, just in case there are any you know new Saints fans that aren't as familiar uh, with you as perhaps I am, and perhaps most of the fans are. So, you're a man yeah. that spent seven years at Southampton. Um, forming probably one of the most formidable central defence partnerships in recent Saints history with Klaus Lundekvam. You helped uh, Saints get to the 2003 FA Cup final um, and you scored the last ever goal at Manchester City's main road. Uh, you were once voted in the Daily Mail's best Southampton eleven, and you also once managed to dodge a punch from ex-England forward Andy Cole. Um, and... Yeah. In your kind of long Saints career, I mean, you're at the club for seven years, uh, but you actually only played about 70 times for the Saints. And, and that was because of a, a really quite serious long term injury. And we'll, we'll speak about that as well. But I think many, many Saints fans will you know, remember you and remember, you know, reading the news stories, Saints sign Swedish defender called Killer. And I remember this being in the headlines. Um so you joined Saints from Troyes in France um, with this nickname Killer. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, signing for Southampton? When did you first find out about the interest and, you know, what persuaded you to join Southampton? Um, well, it started when, obviously, when I was playing in France. And uh, I think it was 2001. Um, they had um, uh, a scout down there and watching one of, one of my games there and, uh, I met him after the game as well, and uh, he was actually a bit concerned about uh, if I would, uh, you know, adapt it to the English style of playing because the French football is more. Uh, well, at that time, the ball was more on the ground uh, in terms of English football in France. So uh, he was more concerned about, you know, um, uh, all the crosses coming in the box uh, in England, and that I will. Uh, adapt to that but uh, in that game he was down in France I only had to clear one one cross and uh, I told him don't worry about that I'm used to that in Sweden so and um, that wasn't a problem when I got to England so uh, yeah and um, did, did you know much about Southampton before you heard of the interest had you watched Premier League football before had you seen Saints play before yeah, uh, I did. We, we I grew up with it in, in Sweden, and uh, um, always been a big fan of English football. And uh, obviously, I heard about Southampton and uh, Letiz. Obviously, uh, all the great goals he scored, and uh, you know the the nice tight stadium that that uh, unfortunately I didn't have the opportunity to play at. But um, also, I knew about Southampton. Uh, as a smaller club, it's always been struggling, you know, to to stay up in the Premiership, but they always managed to do it somehow. So, uh, but uh, the English football has always been uh, um, 
something that I really, you know, liked and uh, that would suit me a lot. But I had a great year, year in France and that, you know, developed my football, uh, my skills in a very good way. So uh, I, I won't exchange that year for one year in England because that, I'd have developed a lot. Uh, so it's a lot of one against one situation in in France where I have to adapt to, to the quick style of playing football down there. So that was a good year. All right, excellent. So, Michael, I, I wonder if I can take you back in time a bit. So I'm quite interested in, um, you know, when you're growing up in Sweden, uh, you know, wh- when did you become really interested in football? And I'm also interested, when did you realise that, you know, when you were a youngster, that you were probably going to be good enough to make it, um, you know, to the top of the, the footballing pyramid to be uh, an international and to play in the Premier League? Yeah, well, I was actually, uh, when I was about, I don't know, 15, 16, I was quite fed up with football. That's quite, um, because I had a um, lot of different sports I was doing. I was uh, playing badminton and uh, driving motocross and, uh, uh, you know, skiing in the winter, not the downhill, cross-country skiing, quite boring, but I really enjoyed it. Um, um, but um, so I was, you know, uh, a lot of uh, my friends was doing really well in football. I was not really doing well when I was about 14, 15, 16. Um, so I was really, really close to, you know, quitting and trying, going for another sport instead. And uh, it was actually this... Um, trophy uh, at my club when I was playing uh, a trophy that the player who trained the most times during a year you will get um, your name engraved in, 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 the, in this trophy and that's that was like oh that sounds great I will I will have that one next year so after that year I trained all every session I trained very hard and uh, so I managed to get my uh, my name on that trophy and uh, that made make it made a big 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 change for me to because I developed a lot that year and uh, and now we're talking I mean I don't know what lower leagues that lower you can you, you can get in in Swedish football uh, but I really had a, uh, that year when I trained a lot and I found it you know the, found it back to to play, enjoy playing football again and uh, so that was when I was sixteen I think of. I was playing in the, in the first team in, in my my club in Sweden, and um, then I got to, um, an offer to go to a, a league a league two team uh, when I was seventeen. So I get, jumped straight on it, and uh, uh, I was I just been that's been my whole life really in my career. I never had a like a long term goals in anything. I've just enjoyed. Uh, the only long term I had was that to- that trophy. I had my name written on that one. That was the only uh, long term I had. Uh, after that, I was just quite enjoying, you know, to be in the present and uh, uh, and just enjoying training re- really much. And uh, uh, that's what I started to develop a lot and uh, found that yeah, maybe this could be something. But I never had a dream about playing in the top league in Sweden. Never had a dream to to go abroad to play for, um, you know, Southampton or Troyes in France, um, because I, I, I'm I just need to stay where 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 I can focus and uh, 
what I can influence. It's uh, what I do training every day, and that's helped me a lot. And that's what I try to today when I'm coaching, try to speak to my players about that. When you get long-term uh, development, if you can focus on each day what you're doing training. Okay, so um, yeah, you might have to correct me on pronunciation here. So, in your kind of early years in the the Swedish was it the second division with a team called uh, Varnamo, and then they started you. Yeah. yeah, and then you went to Halmstad. Yeah. Um, yes, I went to Halmstad, uh, and you won the title at Halmstad. So, yeah, where would you say the kind of Swedish league is? What's the standard comparison in in Britain? Um, I mean, if you the top league in Sweden, if you can compare it to maybe a lower. Like lower part of championship, maybe. Okay, yeah. It's difficult to, uh, yeah, but I think there would be somewhere around there, championship uh, teams. And then after kind of your relative success at Hamstad, you, you then got spotted by uh, Troyes, um, yeah. and moved to France, you developed your game, and then came to, to Southampton. Uh, and when you came to Southampton, there were already quite a lot of um, Scandinavian players there already, weren't there? Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, you're already a Swedish uh, playing in the Swedish national side along with Anders Svensson. Did Anders tell you anything about the club before you joined Southampton? Um, not really that much, a little bit. You know, obviously we we, we met Jody in the, um, in the national team uh, call-ups, and uh, uh, when I was on my way to Southampton, obviously I, I spoke to him. Just about what he enjoyed to to play there and uh, the cities. He said it was great. And uh, but um, I I went there um, when I signed the contract to have a look around. And uh, you know I really liked what I was, I saw new stadium and uh, a great training ground. Even they have a new one now. I really like the old style one. So uh, but the environment just around Southampton and the uh, location. In England as well, it's, it's perfect for having, having a good life outside of football as well. Yeah, and um, I mean, you mentioned that you knew that Southampton were a team that were always fighting against relegation from from watching the Premier League when you were younger. Um, were you happy to kind of go to a club that you you thought might be battling relegation, or did they sell a kind of a bigger vision and, and a, you know higher ambitions to you when you came to visit the club? Well. Uh, I never thought about that. I never looked at, um, you know, I had opportunities to play in the Premiership and it doesn't matter if it was a top team or low league. Uh, I mean, a lower a team that were struggling to, to stay up. Uh, it, it didn't matter for me. So I was just happy to to come to uh, to play in the Premiership. And uh, uh, obviously my job is to make sure, you know, we don't concede goals. And uh, I think we... we uh, we managed to do that as well, so in a good way. Okay. At, at this point, I'm just going to jump to one of the um, questions from my listeners because uh, I think this is actually quite a, a good one in terms of where we are in our conversation. So one of our listeners, a chap called Alex McInnes, um, wonders if you believed in your ability on your move to the Premier League. Um, and he's wondering, did you find it surprising how quickly you were able to adapt to the Premier League and, and be able to cope with, you know, what's advertised as the the strongest league in the world? Um, 
No, not really. I'm, I'm quite, I don't know. I don't think really much about that, you know, because when I moved to France, um, well, you think about when you get older and wiser and, uh, and I try to analyze, you know, um, why I did so well because in France I had, uh, the manager was very keen to, to bring me to his club in France and, uh, but he was traveling up to Sweden, you know, in a private jet and, uh, to meet me and to, you know, to introduce, you know, what he, he, he was expecting from me. And, uh, and when I came to France to start playing, I remember the first few games, I didn't perform very well. You know, I was like you know, struggling to, to, to adapt. And, um, but I had a, had a chance to, you know, to have a few, uh, bad games, but I was still playing the next game. So that make, made me, you know, uh, a better play and you know have the confidence from the manager it doesn't matter if you have one or two average game uh, you will still play the third game so uh, that made a bit, big difference for me you know you have confidence obviously and uh, yeah, you know what I was doing and uh, and when I, I, I got to um, to Southampton um, I was starting on the uh, I'm struggling a little bit in the beginning as well we had a pre-season tour we played at I think it was Oxford United and I remember I was about to deal with a cross and Paul Jones came out and he shouted keeper and uh, I, I didn't get used to that and I was we, we just you know collide and the ball went in the net or something like that. that's just I remember I had you know struggling to um, to um, you know adapt to, to the English style and that's just normal I think but it didn't, I didn't think about it, uh, it and it didn't really bother me. And I was quite uh, confident uh, that it will, um, you know, I will uh, adapt to it and uh, start playing well again. So um, I just, um, I'm quite uh, relaxed about it. And um, today I think players tend to think too much about, uh, I, have to, I have to perform well, I have to do this and that and uh, and I think that puts too much pressure on them because they just have to trust on their ability. And, uh, that's the hardest thing, I think, to to do as a player, to have that kind of uh, self-confidence. Okay, so um, we'll, we'll get into the start of your, your Saints career. So once, um, yeah, after pre-season, uh, we had Liverpool, Chelsea and Tottenham Hotspur, I think, as the first three games of the season, which is a pretty tough start. And you actually got sent off, didn't you, at White Hart Lane? In was it your second or third game for Saints? Yeah, third maybe. Yeah, I was uh, came on came on at Liverpool away, I think, when Klaus got injured. Yeah, uh, came on as a substitute, and then I think it was Bolton. Then I started my first game, I think. Oh, I can't remember. Many years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I got sent off against um, Spurs. Yeah. And I, I think that was for a handball as well, which is um, uh, yeah, quite interesting because I think you managed to put your feet through a couple of the Spurs players throughout the game, but it's the handball that you got caught for. What um, I find interesting about that season is that we had a bit of a slow start, but when then we had um, Tranmere Rovers in the League Cup, uh, a game yeah. which we won 6-1, and that was when you got your, your first Saints goal. Do you remember that at all? I think it was probably uh, one of the 
most beautiful goals ever scored at St. Mary's. No, <laughs> not really. I think it was, uh, I don't know, rebound probably. I was there and just uh, shoved it in. Uh, I think it was. I can't remember. Uh, uh, bad memory, sorry. <laughs> but it was Which... great, great to score first goal for, for, for the Saints. And uh, um, I remember Klaus, it took him, I don't know, 250 or 300 games before he scored his first goal. So, so uh, I gave him a few sticks for that. Yeah, was he quite upset about you coming in and scoring so quickly then? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was quite funny. That's <laughs> um, interesting. So I was looking back over um, your kind of career stats and, and the games that you played for Southampton um, yeah, in preparation for this interview. And I think you pretty much only scored goals in really thrilling games. Um because, I mean, obviously, you're not a big goal scorer being in the centre of defence, but you would come up for corners and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. One kind of quite funny game, which I wonder if you can remember, was um, against Fulham. And um, yeah. it was when they were playing at uh, Loftus Road, wasn't it? Queen's Park Rangers ground. And you managed to score twice in this game, one at each end. And I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what do you remember about that game? Well, um the first one was a hard, like a really hard cross, low cross from uh, from the right hand side, and I just I tried to just to get my feet away, but I couldn't, and um, bouncing in, uh, behind Anti in the goal. Uh, but that was um, yeah, they were leading to one. No, I think yeah, they were leading to one, and it was uh, we had a corner. There was overtime, and uh, Anti came up. Uh, and the ball went all over our centre half, and he, he came to Ant and he just controlled it on his chest and uh, half volleyed it in the in the bar. And I was there to just uh, head 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 uh, the goal back. So that was great. <laughs> uh, I met I met Ant in the last summer, and uh, we went to a concert and we we spoke about this. And uh, and Ant is just uh, relaxed about everything. He said, "Yeah, just." That's just me hitting the bar, just uh, just like that. So that was great. Nice memory, you know. We man- managed to get a point from that game. So. Yeah, I think that was kind of one of those comical games, wasn't it? And, and it seemed quite fitting that the goal would come from our goalkeeper having a, a shot at pinging off the crossbar going and then you finishing it, you know, one of our central defenders, I think in the last minutes yeah. as well. Um, so I, I'm going to share my favorite Michael Svensson memory with you. And then perhaps after that, you can, you can share some of your biggest kind of highlights at Southampton. But um, the, the game, which I always think about when I think of Michael Svensson is in the FA cup third round. um, And it's the, the season when we made it to the final and we'd played uh, Tottenham Hotspur, I think three days earlier in the league and won one nil. And then we had them again in the FA cup and I remember traveling down there with my dad and my brother and a couple of friends. And I decided to bet one pound on you scoring the first goal at, at 50 to one. And I think, was it a corner or a free kick? Maybe about 10, 15 minutes in, gets whipped in, bounces around a bit. And then, then you, you put it in and you won me 50 quid. <laughs> yeah, amazing. I met so many people who, who won some money. And, uh, me scoring that goal, so it was great. 
uh, I was man of the match as well. I have to go up in one of uh, one of the suites up there, and uh, there were many happy people there. I made happy that way because I scored a goal. So uh, that was great. But uh, oh, nice memory. Thanks for that. Yeah, and not only that. I mean, the game was absolutely sensational. So we beat Tottenham four yeah. nil. Um, I think we were one nil up at half time, and the second half, uh, I think Southampton played almost as good as they've as I've ever seen them play. It was it was that good. How, yeah, how did yeah. how did the players feel after that? I mean, you you were started to kind of make some pretty good progress in the league. You'd strung a few results together. We had a bit of a rivalry with Tottenham because of Glenn Hoddle leaving and then Dean Richards yeah. um, leaving as well. How special did it feel? No, it, it was fantastic because we, we, we had this feeling that, you know, bring on anyone because we uh, spoke about confidence earlier. We, we had a, a great squad, uh, a great manager who, uh, to make sure we um, we didn't relax for sure, um, but we we were having a great confidence and we enjoyed playing together. That that's the, the main ingredients for um, for success. And um, uh, so I mean we knew we knew we were going to beat Tottenham. I was so confident, but they won't score. We will score, and uh, simple as that. And um, but I remember, you know the the team we had and uh, uh, the feeling that we, we can beat anyone here at St. Mary's and uh, that, was, uh, that was fantastic. So one of the best memories obviously from, for me as well, playing that game. Yeah. And what other kind of good memories do you have from your time at, at Saints then? Well, the whole um, FA Cup um, uh, journey we had uh, 2002 and 2003 was I knew that um, I heard about the FA Cup that it, it was special for everybody involved, the fans, the players, and uh, but then when you when you experience experience it for for real, you you, you understand why it's uh, it's an atmosphere that builds up in every game. It doesn't matter if you play Tranmere or you play uh, Arsenal uh, in the final. It's uh, it's buzzing and uh, it's a fantastic. Uh, uh, environment around these games and um, all the way up to the final, uh, the whole uh, journey in the Africa Cup was fantastic and uh, gave me goosebumps thinking about it. My my family was there, both my 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 missus, the family, and my family was there at both the semi-final and the, the cup final, and uh, that's great memories and uh, I will uh, think about for for a long, long, long time. Um, well, that's the but playing for Southampton. It's uh, you know we had uh, we had uh, the few first year was really good and we um, we had a, a successful uh, couple of years there and we did well and up till my main injury starts, I had um, some great memories and uh, even after that there was uh, nice memories, uh, especially the fans. You know the the support I I had from the fans um, uh, during my injuries was amazing, and obviously the club supported me as well. Um, that's amazing. Well, I can't remember how many times I I, uh, I heard a question: How is your knee? 
doing and uh, and uh, I didn't I never got fed up with it because uh, that's mean that they were caring and that's amazing yeah and, uh, I guess you know now's a good time to talk about um, your injury so we I mean we did have two very good seasons 2002 to um, 2003 and 2003-2004 and then in 2004 mm. I think it was at Fratton Park during the warm-up you you got injured um yeah what caused the injury i mean it seems quite amazing that an injury in a warm-up could end up having such severe consequences yeah that no that's a car uh, that went during the warm-up uh, uh because 1997 my uh, my first game with hamster when i signed from Dynamo, i've um tackled Tackled the the biggest guy in Hamster, who had a 50-50 challenge, and uh, I snapped my uh, crucial ligament in that uh, situation, and uh, my posterior crucial ligament, and uh, uh, you didn't operate on that um, kind of injury at that time. And, uh, so I managed to to train my my uh, my knee up, and uh, after one year, I got back on the pitch, and uh, it got really stronger. And uh, I think it's uh, when you don't operate on it, there's always going to be some instability in the knee that uh, eventually it will uh, it will burst. And uh, I think uh, that time at Fratton Park, you know, when I got injured because my calf went, uh, it was um, um, a time that my my knee was getting weaker because I got injured because of that. And uh, um, oh, I think that's uh, the reason my 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 knee went. Yeah, and then um, so you missed the whole of the next season, really, which was the season when Southampton got relegated. And mm. I've spoken to a lot of fans who who think basically the reason we got relegated is because our central defence wasn't right in that season. And, and everyone who I've spoken to thinks there's no way we would have got relegated if Michael had been at the centre of defence. How frustrating was it to be watching from the sidelines and thinking that you could kind of change the course of history almost, I suppose, for Southampton? It's flattering when people say that, but uh, it's um, at the same time, it's uh, hard to be on the side. It's, that's what's you know, always been motivating me to get back. And uh, I never stopped believing that I wouldn't go back on the pitch. And I, I showed... I showed myself and people that uh, it's possible, and uh, even if you have the most horrific injuries, and uh, it's all about what you, what's in your in your head really. If you manage, you know, to to do all the hard work that uh, you have to put up with when you're injured. Um, but obviously, it was very very hard and uh, heartbreaking when when the team got relegated, and you can't really do anything about it um, in terms of playing. Uh, it's uh, it's difficult, um, uh, but that's uh, that's life and that's football. You need to bounce back again. And uh, obviously, it was um, very difficult for the club at that time to to do that in terms of uh, instability in in many levels. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, let's move on uh, from your injury, and we'll we'll talk about maybe some slightly happier things. Um, yeah. First of all. I'd, I'd love to know what your first impressions were of Gordon Strachan. 
what did you make of him and were you even able to understand him when you first met him no 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 <laughs> I, did, I, I said i just said yes oh, yeah no problem yeah 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 no problem <laughs> no it's uh it was quite um um my first impression was that when i came in the summer uh 2002 uh, to sign the contract um this is a story uh, I end up um, going and said, yeah, we're going to have some few runnings. And uh, so I trained two sessions. Uh, we're going to do some runnings and uh, uh, it would be great if you, if you can join that. Yeah, of course. So uh, we, we, we got changed at the stadium and then gone on a bus to go to um, the sports center, um, uh, the community where the golf courses. And we did some running there on the track and field. Uh, on the bus, there's another story. Uh, this is quite embarrassing, really, but uh, I sat next to, um, I told you that I knew something about Southampton. I did knew about Mathletis, but uh, uh, I didn't know anything about Franny Benali, so I ended up next to him in the bus. And uh, I was asked him, uh, well, um, how long have you, have you played here? Yeah, and the answer was my whole life. So uh, that was embarrassing. And um, uh, I met Franny not long ago, and uh, I, I told him about this. And uh, you know, Franny is the nicest guy in the world, and he just laughed at it. Uh, that's another story. But uh, going strike and the running bad for to- those two days was, you know, the two hardest running I had a bit. So uh, I was knackered going back to Sweden, signing the contract, but. That was great. Just uh, a great start of uh, knowing Strack, and that's what's going what's to happen in the future. But, um, yeah. and, uh, and what's he like as a manager? Because um, I would say he's, in terms of the way Saints played, he, he's definitely got to be one of the best managers we've had, certainly in the last, you know, in, in recent decades. The, the way we played in that FA Cup final run was was really quite brilliant. I mean, how, how did he get? the Saints players and the Saints team clicking so well, playing such attractive football and, and ultimately getting the good results that he, that he managed to get for a good couple of seasons. Well, um, I will, I will describe him, um, uh, like this. He was, um, uh, he know what's going to, what, what's this all about to play football at the highest level. Obviously he did it when he was up to 40 or 41 or 42. Um, so he was very, you know, keen on, you know, that you prepared for uh, the season, you are uh, fitness wise, um, both obviously physical and mentally. Uh, so he made sure that we, we, we were there and, um, we weren't the club that had made a, the, you know, the biggest signings and uh, spent a lot of money on, on players, but he, uh, he took the most out of, um, he made the most out of, uh, the players that he had to, uh, you know that he can develop, and uh, um, he was. He was also uh, for me. It's like I met I had a lot of managers. It was quite, you know, difficult to understand. He was in terms of how do you want to play. He he made it quite simple. Um, you know, he uh, we had beats obviously, and uh, and Brett Ormond up front, and their strength is you know running behind uh, defenders and making. An item for them, and uh, 
uh, that's quite simple football. You know, make sure you, you, you get the ball to them and, uh, and then we press them high and we win the second balls and then we're aggressive and uh, we have players who can do that as well. And uh, we uh, we score a lot of goals like that. And uh, because we had two great strikers that we uh, we need to feed balls to. And uh, and um, so um, I never I, I tried to think about how how his tactical approach was uh, for the games. And uh, it, it was quite easy for, for us to understand what was he, he wanted from us and uh, and uh, how we should win next game. Um, so that's um, a very, I think it's a very good um, um, way to, to, um, to get a, a team winning. And, and do you take any of Gordon's methods into your own career now? Because it, I know you're managing um, in Sweden now. Is, is he an influence on your management style? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah all, all the coaches I had discipline influenced influence me both, obviously, positive and negatives and um, that's what you need to do um, you learn from, from the best and you learn from the worst um, and he was uh, like I said about to be, to be prepared as a manager, to be prepared as a player it's very important that you um, uh, preparation is everything uh, to make sure that uh, everything uh, when you go up on a pitch and referee starts the game you you're gonna you're gonna end up winning the game. Uh, it's about be prepared for everything, and uh, that's why I've uh, developed a lot as well as uh, as a manager. Okay, brilliant, Michael. I'm going to get into some of our um, listener questions now. Okay, so uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to try and kind of abscond responsibility here. So if you don't like the questions, blame the listeners. But um, yeah, there, there we go. So the the first one is um from Robbie who's at Saints in France on Twitter and he wants to know which Saints captain was the toughest on the pitch to play for um, toughest no uh, Chris Martin uh, I liked him a lot uh, he was um, he, 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 I don't, I'm not sure he was captain the whole season I don't think so I think Dodsey was the captain and uh, Mostly, Dodsi had a few injuries, so uh, but Chrissy was um, the captain. I remember um, toughest. I mean, he was quite uh, tough when he was playing. Um, very skillful, though. Um, he um, was one. I think it was the semi-final uh, against Watford away. We um, we had a. I don't. It wasn't an argue arguing that we were just uh, we approached each other and I. I took my hands around his neck and he told me, take your fucking hands off, Michael. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I took it off right away. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't mean, that was not, um, you know, um, I tried to intimidate him or anything like that. It's just like a, a half of a hug. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't join. So, uh, he was quite tough and I took my hand away quite straight away. I, I can't really imagine you being scared of anyone, Michael. You know, being six foot two and no, respectful. Yeah. Uh, so this next question is from Vicky, um, and she asks, "When are you going to come and manage in the UK?" Um, and she also adds that she loves you, and you are only second to Franny Benali in her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, managing. I'll start with the first question. 
uh, yeah. flattering from the second question. So, first question, um, I would love to come to, to England to, to managing and uh, coaching. Um, I, I need to do um, some work here in Sweden to get my uh, confidence and uh, my knowledge in, in managing. I do all my mistakes here in Sweden and make sure I come to England and and uh, not doing any mistakes. Uh-huh. So, yeah. so is that the kind of direction of your career now, football management? You've had a bit of a taste um, with the Hamstead under 19s. Um, you're now managing for is it is it Vinberg? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, in in League Two, um, in oh. Sweden. Um, when I was speaking to uh, Richard Chaplow, another ex-Southampton player, he's quite keen on getting into management. But he says it's very difficult to break into the kind of management club. So each manager has like his team of coaches that he takes with him, and, and he thinks it's quite difficult to kind of break into that mould. Do you worry about that in terms of your ambition, or do you think you know, if, as long as you do a really good job in Sweden, you'll get noticed and the opportunities will start to present themselves? Well, it's. Um I understand what what you're saying. It's, um, it's difficult to to get into, you know, the teams around a team really. And uh, um, but what can you do? You you need just to do your do your work, uh, make you do your education, and uh, um, be a very you know solid in what you're doing, and uh, make sure you you start. You don't have to be. You have to be really. Um, uh, what do you say when you um, can't find an English word at the moment? Uh, um, quite um, humble about it uh, yeah. when you start. Uh, I'm that. I try to be that. I had opportunity to to be a manager in the in the first team in Sweden or assistant manager, but I turned it down um, because I I wasn't really. Uh, I have done it, and uh, when I did it, I, I did I didn't enjoy it because I. I felt that I didn't have the experience to do it, so I rather uh, go down a few levels, start with the the kids under 19 and work work um, work with them, and you know develop my my style on and um, my philosophy uh, there, and then take next step to to uh, managing managing a League Two side, and uh, that I really really enjoy at the moment. So uh, um, I think it's uh, very important that you. Um, you do this in this kind of way and, and work yourself up instead of jumping on anything. And then you, you know, if something happens, you uh, manage to get sacked, you get sacked as well. And the drop is quite, you know, steep from, from, from that if you're not ready for it. Yeah. And I suppose kind of in your time managing in, in Sweden, um, one of our listeners uh, calls himself Archers Road, and he, he asks, "Are there any young Swedish players that we should be looking out for um, who might be breaking into the the mould of, of the superstar in in the future?" Um, we have the, well, he's playing in the oh, he's playing for the Swedish national team now. It's uh, um, his name is Forsberg. Uh, he plays in Leipzig in Germany. Oh, yeah. he's, uh, he's a really, really good player. Uh, I think he uh, he will. Um, he's still young and he will develop and become a really, really good player. Uh, so that's a um, nice, um, nice player to to look 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 out for. Um, we actually um, a player we sent we sold to um, from from Hamster. 
to West Ham. They had Haksabanovic. Uh, he's not in the first team squad. At, uh, he's in the squad, but he's not on the uh, not on the bench at the moment. He's a young player. He's only 19 uh, years old, and uh, he will uh, develop as well, and uh, I think become a good player because um, he's a natural, just a natural football player. Uh, both feet on the ground and. Uh, um, so I think he will uh, wait for him. He needs uh, to adapt to, to the English style and uh, he will uh, become a good player as well, I think. Yeah. Um, Ewan Campbell says, was there anyone in the Saints team that you didn't get on with? Uh, no, not really. I, I'm quite, uh, I think, uh, easy to um, um, to have as a teammate. Uh uh, no, can't think of anyone really. Uh, obviously, you speak to different, you have different cliques in teams. That's where you you have and um, um, had great uh, some great players that I enjoy sitting down and speak to Paul Telson, great guy, and uh, also spoke to Scandinavians and uh, try to not. But that's natural. You when you're from the same area, you tend to. Uh, you tend to drag to each other and uh, hang around a lot more yeah. than you had with maybe the English guys. But you know, I've um, I've um, had a good relationship with most of them. So uh, did, did you kind of did you and Anders ever head off down to IKEA to go for the Swedish meatballs? And you know, if you're feeling homesick. <laughs> no, IKEA wasn't uh, in Southampton when we lived there, so we have to go to London to do that. Okay. <laughs> Maybe a bit of a stretch. Um, and the the Northern Ireland uh, Saints Sporting Club, they they want to know which away stadiums did you most enjoy playing at? Um, away stadium. I enjoy. I think I only played it twice or once. Ellen Road, uh, when we played Leeds away, we had a great game there. I think we won one nil. Um, that was great, uh, and also um, uh, Everton away when we played them. Goodison Park. Yeah, yeah, that was um, had a crack in there, and I was uh, that was live on Sky Sky Sports as well, and I was voted the man of the match, and uh, I still have a bottle of champagne at home here. I haven't opened it yet. So. Oh really? Yeah, you're saving it for a special occasion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I don't think we taste that well. Yeah, to be honest. <laughs> Um, I, th- I mean, quite interestingly, though, you, you hold a record of scoring the last ever goal at Main Road, Manchester City's old ground. Have, have Manchester City ever invited you back since then? No, I haven't. <laughs> Can't believe that. <laughs> and also, it's actually the last goal ever scored uh, at Peter Schmeichel, the goalkeeper. And he's Danish. Oh, yes. Uh, Danish and Swedish, you know, it's like Southampton Portsmouth. That's really, <laughs> uh, Now that was um, a great day. Uh, most of all, it was because we uh, we managed to um, end up uh, eight in the league instead of twelfth, I think. And um, that was um, we we played really well there, and we won one nil, and I scored the winning goal and uh, last game of the season. And then we have uh, the cup final to look forward to. Yeah, two weeks time after that, and it's a fantastic uh, uh, time of the 
And and you didn't feel bad about ruining the fairy tale finish for the Manchester City fans because you know as Southampton fans we had the fairy tale finish with the Dell with Matthew Letizia scoring the last goal in a in a win against yeah, Arsenal. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoy you ruining the party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Don wants to know what part of Southampton did you live in and what did you like about the city? Actually, um, I lived um, in a few places. I've uh, got the first an apartment before I got my my first house. Um, my first house was not uh, at Marshall Square, just uh, very close from uh, the old uh, the Dell where that used to be. Yeah. So uh, often um, historic grounds close to where I lived and. Uh, I was walking. Uh, I've been walking around that area where they, they build flats around the, the, the site where the old hotel used to be. Um, and then I lived in Brownhams, um, just um, outside of, uh, of Southampton, close to the training ground on the way there. And uh, did, did you ever socialise in Southampton as well? Did Did you go out with the players to the pubs or restaurants or? Uh, yeah, a little bit. We went out a few times after uh, uh, after the, the home games. We, uh, we had a few uh, a meal, and uh, if the family was over, we went out for a meal and then a few drinks, uh, a few occasions. Um, but uh, when I moved to Marshall Square, and uh, this was a whole new area where a new build, so there was a lot of um, a new you know people moving in there and. Uh, we had the opportunity to meet some very nice people that uh, we still have contact uh, with that we, we last time we went to see. And um, so it's nice to meet people outside of the football as well. Very nice people. And uh, so I'm very happy about that. I didn't just connect with uh, football players because they, they never stay in one place. Yeah. And um, who's the best player that you played with at Southampton? Uh, well, um, Wayne Bridge was fantastic uh, uh, when I came, and then he obviously left for Chelsea. Uh, he was uh, he and James Beattie was the best player, and then obviously when Gareth Bale and uh, Theo Walcott came came through, and see what where they ended up, and uh, Gareth Bale obviously is now playing in Real Madrid, and uh, when he was playing in Spurs. He was fantastic, I think. Yeah. Uh, also for us, when he was 16, he uh, he uh, took free kicks to all the men, and he was running, he was playing left back, and he was overlapping. He was showing this fantastic ability. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. Um, so we're nearly, we've nearly got to the silly questions now from our listeners, but. Um, yeah, you haven't. But- First one, I, I wanted. Do you, do you watch Saints at all? And, and I wonder if you've have you had a chance to see Virgil Van Dyke? And, and what do you think about him? You know, being a central defender, do you think he's as good as the hype? Um, no, not really. To be honest, uh, watching, <laughs> um, I've been watching. Um, I saw the sort of get sort of goal they conceded uh, uh, last night or yesterday. Yeah. Um, I think with those two centre half, they should have cleared that ball. And uh, I think it's quite soft 
it's a good cross, but I think they they should have de- dealt with that cross better. Uh, but um, no, about him, about the situation with his contract, I think it's just uh, uh, lack of uh, disrespect respect towards the the contract, obviously, in the club, and uh, obviously now they he uh, managed to. Uh, don't think about it when he start playing, and uh, I'm not sure he's uh, playing that well that he used to be. Um, that's my uh, view on this. Yeah, I, I would agree with you that I don't think he's been as good um, this season as he was before he got his injury last season. And I don't know whether that's a mental thing or if it's the recovery from the injury or, or what. But you know, and and I agree. I think the goal. We conceded yesterday. I could I could see Michael Svensson getting his head to that and that, you know, going right out towards the, the centre circle and you know, there we go, we would have won one nil. Yeah, that would be easy. I love that those kind of games when <laughs> yeah. there there were costs coming in, there was pressure on and uh, that's what you know, was my strength and uh, clearing the ball and uh, reading the game in terms of uh, you know, preventing the go- the team from scoring. Okay, right. So you're ready for the the slightly more um, uh, silly questions now. Okay. So Ray says, um, did you ever clash with Gordon Strachan, seeing as you were both fiery redheads? (laughs) No, he he could clash with he clashed with the whole team during halftime once. So yeah, because he uh, he had something to say about. Every single play in halftime, something negative, and um, so uh, well, it's quite funny that he managed to come up with eleven things, yeah, uh, eleven things, like constructive things as well. He uh, he went he went through all the plays, and then he came to me. He just said, "Michael, panic," and then he went on. That he, he thought I was panicking in the game when I get the ball and. Uh, uh, that was quite funny afterwards, but uh, that time I panicked. Okay, I think I'm, I need to calm down when I get the ball and don't just hoof it away. Uh, other than that, never had never had any any problems uh, with him. I think we uh, we probably had a a better relationship when we both had ginger. So. Yeah, <laughs> sticking together. Um, yeah, we understand each other. Another question here. Is Anders Svensson actually the David Beckham of Sweden? Oh, no, no. I mean, Anders, um, we, are, we are good friends. And we we, uh, we try to meet up with families and uh, now he's not. He's always been good looking, Anders, and uh, uh, still is working for Swedish television now. And uh, I'm a manager, so it speaks for itself, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, Anderson is a great guy, and uh, he's done really well, and he had a great career, long career, and uh, uh, I highly respect him. Yeah, he scored some great goals as well. I mean, I, I remember a particularly great one for Sweden in, in the World Cup, but probably my mm-hmm. favourite was yeah. in that four 0 versus Tottenham. He scored a fantastic goal in that one as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he scored. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, Adam Moore wants to know what your favourite ABBA song is. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah, that's what comes up in my mind. 
Okay. Are there any other Swedish bands we should look out for? I mean, I wonder if maybe Adam should be expanding his his knowledge of Swedish music. Swedish music. Oh my god. Um, no, I don't think so. I'm. I'm uh, no, I can't think of any Swedish band. No, I, th- I think my no. favourites are a band called The Knife. Which, um, nice. Yeah, they're quite experimental and electronic, and wow, they had a couple of really good albums, and then uh, they went a little bit too experimental for my liking. But yeah, I enjoyed their first yeah, couple of yeah, albums. Not, not familiar with them. Michael, no. And um, uh, where did you get the nickname Killer from? Um, it was in Sweden, and um, the, actually, the, my nickname in Sweden was the Murderer, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was in Hunt actually. It was Freddie Freddie Jungberg who played Nelson who uh, came up with it because I was quite um, unpolished when I when I arrived in Hamstad from Vanham. I was I was kicking players all over the place and was playing players who didn't want to continue training until I left uh, left the training because they they were you no. Know, I was quite uh, I was quite mean. Um, so, uh, but with, I, I, you can, can get away with a lot. Uh, but today, you, I probably will get sent off um, a few more times than I did when I played in in Southampton because all the, you know, the many too many referees, I think, and cameras everywhere. So yeah, uh, feels like I played in Stone Age, but not that long ago. But, uh, well, actually, it was uh, Freddie who, who came up with it and said uh, the murderer. And obviously, it's uh, another killer. Murder is not really the same thing. Yeah. Well, I wonder if Andy Cole would probably agree with Freddie Lundberg, wouldn't he? No. <laughs> yeah, that was good job. Yeah, managed to to get away with that one. So I, I mean, I don't know for those of the of the listeners who don't know what I'm talking about. Can you describe what happened in your incident with Andy Cole? Um, it was Blackburn, I think. Um, I can't remember exactly what was, what was happening, and uh, I think we just started, uh, you know, grabbing each other and punching and. Uh, I think, and he got sent off, and I, I thought I was getting a red card as well, but uh, I can't remember exactly what was what was happening happening there. Yeah, I, I mean, my recollection of it, I think you gave him a little bit of um, maybe a push or a, maybe, maybe even a little bit of a punch, and he retaliated and got caught, and you stayed on the pitch, and we won the game. So there we go. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm clever, clever in him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so this is the the last question uh, from our listeners, and it's um this is definitely the most silly question. It's from a man called Les's Lamborghini, and he says, "Would you prefer forks for arms or spoons for legs?" <laughs> forks for arms. <laughs> I, th- I think they would be I more know, useful, yeah. wouldn't they? <laughs> Yeah, you have to eat. Obviously, you can't eat soup all the time. So uh, I think fork will be better. Right. Then you need then you need a knife as well. Yeah, I, I think there's there's certainly more versatility with having forks for arms, doesn't there? And, and I can't imagine that walking on spoons or playing football is going to be uh, particularly easy with spoons no. for legs. I think I had I maybe had spoons for legs. I wasn't that you know skillful in terms of. Uh, <laughs> 
passing the ball. So that would work for me, spoons. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I, I suppose um, last thing really before we wrap up, you're now um, manager at Vimbergs in the, the Swedish second division. If people want to follow your career, um, yeah, how, how do we watch Vimbergs? How, how are you getting on with them? Um, well, this, I just uh, finished off my, my first season uh, in mid- middle of October. We had the last game and now it's just off-season planning for pre-season that starts in uh, in January. Um, so, it's, uh, you know, signing players, uh, players coming in and out. That's what um, uh, I'm up about at the moment. Um, so preparing for, for next season. Uh, in Sweden, we have the uh, pre-season from... Uh, January, 8th of January, and the season starts in the uh, first week in April. So uh, it's quite long uh, compared to, to the English pre-season when you have maybe six-week pre-season. Instead, we have a three-and-a-half month. Um, so it's, uh, it's, uh, I really enjoy this and um, try to be, like I said before, preparing uh, Going to be prepared in uh, in January when we start again and make sure we we um, we um, take advantage of the every training session that we have ahead of us. Uh, my place are not professional. They they have works and uh, and some of them you know studying go to school and uh, so um, I'm professional obviously as a coach. But uh, so so it's um, it's always a difficult to. To um, have players in for four times a week plus the game on on the weekends, and uh, they have a long long day working as a construction or, or builder, whatever they do. And, uh, it's uh, it's um, but they enjoy it, and we had a good season. We end up fifth in the league this year, and uh, uh, we're gonna make sure we uh, uh, try to to be in the top uh, next uh, season as well. Uh, looking for promotion, maybe. Yes. All right, brilliant. Okay, well, Michael, I've had you on the phone for an hour now, which is uh, very, very generous of you to spend that time with me. No problem. Um, no problem. Thank you very, very much for joining us on the Saints FC podcast. Uh, thank you to all of our listeners who sent in uh, questions. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening to Michael's answers to those. And... Um, I suppose yeah, it's, it's a bye-bye from me and, and Michael. Any message for the Saints fans before you head off? Um, no, I just, uh, like I said, you know, um, my greatest time in football is my years in Southampton and uh, I'm um, really, really, you know, emotional about the thinking about the years I had in, in Southampton because uh, obviously we, we had uh, a few good years uh, in the start um, but also the, the years when um, when I had troubles with my injuries, I had fantastic support from the, all the support. And that means a lot to me. And um, that's something I will cherish, cherish forever. So thanks a lot. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Michael. Thank you. Thank you.